I mean, at this point, we should just start calling the Milwaukee Bucks the Milwaukee Clutch. <laughs> the Bucks defeated the Miami Heat 131 to 124 tonight after another big fourth quarter effort from the Bucks. The Bucks were led by their star duo, Yantai DeCumpo and Damian Lillard, who combined to score 65 points tonight. For the third straight game, that duo of Giannis and Dame, they have each scored at least 30 points apiece. So on today's episode, we're going to discuss how the Bucks put together another clutch time performance, take a look at the Bucks' wing depth after another injury has impacted the rotation, and then take a look at some in-season tournament news and ponder how that might look like for the Milwaukee Bucks. All of that and more coming up on today's episode of Locked on Bucks. You are Locked on Bucks, your daily Milwaukee Bucks podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. You are locked on Bucks, and I'm Camille Davis. In addition to this podcast here, you can catch me weekly on the Technical File podcast, as well as Cheesehead TV's Carry the G and MKE. Joining me, as always, the founder of BrewHoop.com and longtime voice of the pod, Frank Madden. We appreciate you tuning in, and we thank you for making Locked on Bucks your first watch or your first listen of the day. Frank, it's another game, another clutch situation for the Milwaukee Bucks to perform in at this point. The Bucs got off to a fast start this game, which so far this season, we haven't seen too much of that from this group. But they led after one, but entered in the fourth quarter uh, down by five. With the Bucs being one of the better teams in that final quarter, that fourth quarter Bucks, how confident were you watching this game that, you know what, the Bucs going to pull this one off? Oh, not a Frank Madden freeze to start the show. The everydayers know this is just part of how it goes. If Frank's screen doesn't freeze, is it really a Bucks post-game episode at this point? I just have to say no. Like this is this is consistent from Frank's internet at this point. So I'll just give my take first while we wait for Frank's internet to come back around. But the Bucks have been one of the best fourth quarter teams so far in the NBA this season. Coming into this game, we knew that, and we also knew that the Miami Heat's offense tends to struggle a little bit in the fourth quarter. Milwaukee entered into this game with a 109.4 offensive rating, which is good for first in the NBA, a 61.8 effective field goal percentage, which is second at best in the NBA, and a plus 14.2 net rating, which is good for second in the NBA as well. Again, this is a dominant fourth quarter team. On the flip side of that, the Miami Heat's offense is known to struggle in the fourth quarter. Their offensive rating is 29th in the NBA, coming in at about 99.5, 47.4 effective field goal percentage, which is also good for 29th in the league, and a negative 14.5 net rating. So for myself coming into that fourth quarter, I was like, the Bucs are set up to, to you know do what they do, which is perform well, and the Miami Heat tends to you know run a little gas offensively in the fourth. So to see that coming into the quarter, I thought that this would end with the Bucks win, but Frank, how confident were you with the Bucks pulling off a win going into this fourth quarter? <laughs> well, I mean, on the one hand, you know, I feel like uh, you can give Eric Spolstra a G League team, and as long as they're wearing a, you know, a Heat jerseys in Miami, like I'm, I'm gonna feel a bit nervous, uh, just given the long history of of the Bucks having some some challenges, let's say, uh, when teams uh, in South Beach. Um, so I am completely unsurprised that that they obviously gave the Bucks uh, all they could handle tonight even without Jimmy 
Um, I don't know. Does Tyler, do we even talk about Tyler Harrow being out? Like they're always better without Tyler Harrow. So like, Ooh, hot uh, take. Uh, <laughs> not even that hot anymore. Right. Um, <laughs> they've been really good since he got hurt this year, even though he was playing well, but um, you know, I, I think it, we're just at the point now where uh, you expect the bucks to pull out these close games. And again, they, they do it again tonight. And I thought what was so exciting about tonight was not just Giannis, not just, Dame, of course, we probably need to put Dame first when we're talking about fourth quarters now, given that, you know, the ball is, is generally in his hand as it should be. Um, but Chris Middleton as well, you know, I thought there were possessions where you really felt like, okay, this is a, a three-headed monster offensively down the stretch in ways that I don't think we've necessarily seen or felt um, as much throughout the rest of this season. And obviously a lot of that is because Chris has been minutes limited or missing games right i i didn't expect him to play tonight after leaving the game the other day with the achilles injury um so to miss only one game um i'm gonna call that a win and you know again 23 minutes tonight so he wasn't back up to the 29 minutes we saw in his last full game against boston but um you know he had a <coughs> he definitely had like a fourth his fourth quarter i would say could be summarized by you know the uh that video of the old man who says like help help what do you say call an ambulance or call, call the police but not, but not for, for me. me. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was Chris Middleton in the fourth quarter. Uh, he got uh, toasted by uh, Caleb Martin. I was I was about to call him Cody Martin, um, but uh, Caleb Martin, who used to be the bad Martin twin, now he's the good Martin twin. Um, he he roasted Chris and he picked Chris gun. I forget somebody drew a foul on him. Then like shortly thereafter, it was just. <clears throat> was not not uh not looking good it was it was definitely the uh chris middleton looking cooked on defense portion of the game there in the middle part of the fourth but then chris middleton getting cooked becomes chris middleton doing the cooking as he gets um a huge falling out of bounds it was a two we were hoping it'd be a three but a falling out of bounds um bucket from the corner which i think i want to say that gave the bucks a two-point lead was you know at that point it was kind of going back and forth and then um, I believe on the next possession, just basically dribbles right into um, a back down into a, a middle of the lane, little turnaround jump shot, which, you know, again, is there anybody you'd rather have taking that shot than Chris Middleton? Not really. And, and he hit that shot. And um, so it, it was exciting to see Chris back, period. Uh, but to see him making those two big buckets down the stretch and then, uh, you know, Maybe the the most important play, or at least the game that the play that kind of put the game away. Um, we see Dame with the ball. Actually, Chris I initiated the play, gives the ball to Dame. Chris then goes off the left wing. Dame's got it kind of far right wing extended. Giannis comes up to give a screen. Dame rejects it. Ball ends up in Chris's hands. He drives. Looks like again the help might be coming. And Chris finds Brooke cutting along the baseline from the dunker spot. Almost a little bobble, but you know those those great big mitts of Brooke Lopez recover, pick it up and dunks it easily over. I think Jaime Hawkins was, was there. And, and that I think restored the Bucks lead. I think five, I think it was 127, 124 at that point in the last couple of minutes. And so, yeah, I mean, when they needed to make plays, they made plays to be clear offensively. They, they made some plays defensively. Um, but I think in general, you know, I mean, you give up what a 124 rating to, to a team, a Miami team that was missing, you know, arguably the two best offensive players. Not great. Not great, Camille. Um, you know, you held the BAM. BAM had 31, but 13 out of 27. So, uh, again, you think you can live with 31 points on 27 shots from him, especially when he's kind of the focal point offensively. But, uh, but yeah, I thought just, you know, again, the kind of 
balanced attack led by Dame and you know as you said the 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 two big big uh, big stars came out and uh, and put up big numbers yet again you know broken record now with those guys going for 30 plus seemingly every night but um, you know, a couple of games ago, it was it was Brooke who was the kind of the third guy having the, the huge. Hey, I shouldn't call him the third guy, right? The other night against Washington, he was the first guy with those 39 points. Um, and Chris, obviously not not to that extent tonight, but you know, when you get those guys playing at that level um, between Dame and Giannis, and Giannis making his free throws, 10 out of 13, Camille he hit his last eight on the road, including some in the fourth quarter. Um, so that was really encouraging to see just in general and. Um, yeah, I mean, again, I think we can obviously talk about sort of the the sustainability of being just kind of a a score first team in the playoffs against teams like Boston, Philly, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, look, putting up a I think one what thirty one twenty seven something like that offensive rating tonight against any version of the Miami Heat is impressive, right? Like, and the Bucks did not shoot the lights out from three. I think that's the other piece no. here. Miami, as per usual, shot over 40% from three against the Bucs. Um, they did not turn the ball over like at all. Um, and so those two factors, they got still got a ton of shots at the rim. They didn't shoot necessarily that well at the rim, but um, but you know, lots of shots at the rim, three pointer, three good three-point shooting, and no turnovers. That was obviously a recipe for success for Miami. And again, still a lot of work to do defensively, but I think you look at the kind of totality of this. Um you know, any win in Miami is a good win. And again, just to show the the kind of control and I think poise that we've gotten used to seeing from them down the stretch of games um, was, was again, just fun to watch. And I'm sure, you know, for Dame to, to be, you know, to hit some big fourth quarter shots, um, you know, get to the line, make another 10 out of 10 night from the free throw line against a team that obviously most people thought he was going to go to. And there was certainly some bitterness when he did not go to the Miami heat. So for him to kind of come through and do what Dame does in this game, I'm, I'm sure he's going to enjoy that. And I think as a uh, Bucks fans, we can enjoy him putting one over. I mean, there's no such thing as a bad win against the Miami heat. Let's be honest if you're a Bucks fan, but um, this one certainly um, definitely enjoyable, even with some of the caveats around, um, you know, Jimmy missing in particular. Absolutely. And I saw something going into the game that mentioned the fact that over the last 10 regular season games between the Heat and the Bucks, the home team has won the last 10 matchups. So for the Bucks to go down to Miami and get a win, even if Jimmy wasn't playing, even if Tyler Hero wasn't playing, we saw last year in the playoffs, no Tyler Hero does not slow down this Miami Heat team. Um, and we've seen this team as well without Jimmy just continue to be really scrappy. Miami's a well-coached team. They're going to come and play hard every single night. And just to focus a bit more on what the Bucs were able to do in the fourth quarter, Dame had 32 points tonight, as we mentioned. He scored 13 of those points in the last six minutes. And the NBA classifies clutch time, you know, as the last five minutes. So if you take that other minute off, yet and still, Dame had nine points. Chris had four. Giannis had four. Brooke had two. And two of those Giannis points were very, very big free throws. We mentioned the fact that Dame and Giannis combined for 65 tonight. You throw Chris in there, they combine for 82. And overall in that fourth quarter, the Bucs outscored the Heat 38 to 27. It's just the Bucs in the fourth quarter is just like an offensive masterpiece at this point. Uh, but unfortunately, during this game, we saw another injury take place, which is going to put some additional strain on this Milwaukee Bucks team. And I want to dive into how that might affect the rotation going forward. But first, I want to talk about our good friends over at eBay Motors. 
Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Basketball host Josh Lloyd to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long. So whether you're prepping for a daily draft or you're scouting the waiver wire, every week we're going to provide you with players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So we're going to take a quick look to see somebody who Josh has picked out for us on this week's eBay Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. And I've said it before and I'll say it again. But if you play fantasy basketball, Josh Lloyd is somebody who you need to be tapped into with. This man knows his stuff. And one of the players that he's suggesting for this upcoming week is someone that the Bucks just recently saw this past weekend, Scoot Henderson. Uh, he noted that it might be a little bit rocky for a bit, but Scoot is back and his value and minutes are going to rise. So if you can afford some bad games, he is worth grabbing. And as we just saw on Sunday in Milwaukee, uh, with him coming off the bench, he came off the bench with a little spark. And we know he's had a rocky start to the season, but he's going to have an opportunity. So he is somebody who is definitely worth taking a look at. Josh Lloyd from Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to help you win your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors know the championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. It's the exact same with your vehicle. I know for myself, my last car, my first car, things just started going so wrong at the end. And I swear, I wish I would have found eBay Motors back then to have a cheaper way to fix it because I was in a bad spot. eBay Motors with over 122 million different parts for your number one ride or die. You can make sure that your ride stays running smoothly between brake kits, LED lights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your car needs, eBay Motor has it. And with the eBay guarantee fit, is guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you'll be burning rubber and not cash. So make sure that you keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. And just to mention, the eBay Guarantee Fit is only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only and exclusions do apply. want to take this time as well to thank you for tuning in to Locked On Bucks. A big shout out to all of the everydayers who tune in on a day-to-day -day basis to check us out. We'll also encourage you, if you have some time, to check out Locked On Sports today. Matter of fact, Locked On Bucks had an appearance on there today as well. Locked On launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. So go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. We mentioned the fact that Chris Middleton returned tonight. Was a surprise to Frank? Was a surprise to me? Had no idea how long Chris was going to be out with the Achilles tightness that he suffered in that game um, against the Celtics. But unfortunately, the Bucks gain Chris and then they lose Pat Connaughton tonight with an ankle injury that he suffered in the second quarter on a really crazy layup that I was surprised that he got the drop. The hope is, of course, that Pat's injury isn't serious. But at the moment, the Bucks rotation is looking mighty thin again. Frank, when you take a look at the Bucks roster right now with Chris coming back, thankfully, but also losing Pat. What do you see when it's um, taking a closer look at that wing rotation here? Well, first off, um, I'm I'm a longtime Pat Connaughton fan, but uh, I will take the Chris Middleton for Pat Connaughton trade any day of the week. <laughs> so um, sorry, Pat. Feel better soon. 
Uh, I think typically with these ankle injuries, um, you know, I, again, not knowing any more than just the fact that he obviously kind of limped off there. Um, you know, my assumption is always is it's probably going to be a couple games, right? I mean, we saw that with Marjon as well. Um, so we'll see. Um, I think obviously Pat with uh, with Jay out in particular, obviously it's important that that you have him available um, just from a depth perspective. And he's, he's had some games recently that, that I think were more in line with what kind of we've been expecting with Pat Connaughton. Um, ironically, the fact that he hit that shot that he did, <coughs> Camille, my view is always that like the bellwether for Pat Connaughton's performance is how well he's hitting those like driving to his right high bank shots. Um, and this one was far more acrobatic than I think uh, anybody would have liked because he was, um, you know, like contorting and injured <laughs> while he was doing it. But um, but uh, it seemed like he'd been missing those for a lot of the season. And, um, you know, it's finally started to maybe get right a little bit. And then, of course, you know, you get an injury. But um, I think it's interesting. The uh, you know, as far as the wing rotation goes, obviously, you know, Chris just being able to play night in and night out. Um, we'll have to double check if we have any. Uh, uh, back-to-backs coming up because I'm sure Chris probably is not going to be playing in back-to-backs in like the near future quite yet. But, um, but obviously the, you know, should spell opportunity for, for the younger guys, right? That's kind of the, the first obvious point. Um, fun fact, Marjan Bochamp last November played more minutes per game under Mike Budenholzer than he has this November under mm. Adrian Griffin. Mm. Would not have, you know, would you have thought that? Probably not. Oh, right. No. Um, <laughs> And I think he might have had like a DNP or two <clears throat> under Bud last year in, in November. So, you know, a little bit of an unfair comparison because that doesn't count in the minutes per game average. Um, but, you know, like easy to forget, right? Like he actually played a fair bit in that uh, November time frame last year when Chris was out and, and Pat Connaughton was out to, to start the year as well. So those guys being out meant some opportunity for Marjon last year. And obviously, you know, people got pretty excited about what he could be and, um, you know, this year he's obviously, he's been playing every game, right? So he's, he's been in the rotation pretty much every game tonight, four fouls in five minutes to start the game, which again, some of that stuff, you know, is usually kind of bad luck type type stuff, but, um, definitely not a, a game that, that he will want to write home about, um, missed a couple shots. Um, amazing. I'm, I'm like, it feels like he hasn't been it's between the injury and I don't know, sporadic play. Like I'm surprised he was still shooting 40% from three. Um, as of this weekend. Um, but I think, you know, with him, like, I think with what Andre Jackson has shown and, and Andre, I mean, didn't play until he randomly gets these fourth quarter minutes, banks in one, three, then no fear puts Swish. up an immediate catch and shoot corner three. Um, and that was while, you know, they were kind of having to try to keep pace with the heat who were playing, uh, you know, they were up like one or two possessions or so um, to start the fourth quarter. So, you know, again, the young guys have every opportunity here. We've seen AJ Green obviously get opportunities. AJ has been firing blanks of late, which um, I'm not used to seeing. I I am when I when I see AJ put it up, I'm expecting his shots to go in. I think he would came into the weekend. I think he was around like 34% or so um, from three. Yeah. And so um, you know, his his shot has not been falling lately. But I'm not worried about his confidence because if he ain't shooting, he shouldn't be playing. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're going to need a little bit more from those guys. And, uh, obviously, you know, I think what, one thing we saw last game, we saw a lot of the, the, not, well, a lot, maybe overstating it, but we saw some of the three headed, I keep saying three headed monster in this podcast, the three big monster, whatever we're going to call it, 
um, with Bobby, Giannis, and Brooke playing at the same time. I, you know, I don't know if that's really like a go-to lineup that we're going to see a ton of, but certainly when you're challenged for depth on the wing, like, yeah, right. We, we saw, we saw that as the starting lineup against the bulls two years ago when Chris went down with that left knee injury. So uh, that obviously was bud. That wasn't Adrian Griffin, but it's, it's an option at least if the bucks do want to go big. And, and again, there's, there's at least some advantages in terms of, um, you know, defensive rebounding when you have that amount of size on the floor. But um, you know, I thought, one thing that was interesting tonight to me, Giannis, I thought had a really interesting game defensively, you know, three steals, a block. Um, I thought he was really active. I think he had a number of other deflections, mm-hmm. but they were attacking him, you know? I mean, they were going at him. We saw Bam try to back him down, which we've seen him do that before because Bam's, you know, if he puts his backside into Giannis, I mean, Giannis is, is not big enough to hold up that well in the post, but I mean, Jaime Jaquez was going right at him, right? Duncan Robinson got him on a switch in the fourth quarter, went right at him and got to the got to the rim and finished, right? Um, you know, it felt like the Heat were kind of taking the approach of like, you know, find your enemy's strength and attack it. Um, they were not trying to, you know, run away from Giannis. And especially they were basically saying, like, all right, Giannis, if you're trying to defend our smaller guys, then we're going to put you into actions. We're going to make those guys run around the floor, you know, dribble, attack, even if they're not expecting to shoot against you. Um, they're going to try to get, the bucks into rotation and, and kind of create some chaos. And I thought they, <clears throat> they absolutely had some success doing that. So, um, you know, something that just kind of bears monitoring, right. I think it's been a really up and down week for Giannis, uh, defensively, I would say in between, um, you know, the Celtics game where I think he definitely had some challenges, you know, from the opening tip against Jalen Brown and some of the smaller guys that he was guarding on, on Boston. And then, you know, the flip side being the, that big play against Malcolm Brogdon, right? He gets switched onto Malcolm Brogdon, reads it perfectly, gets the block, had to be overturned, uh, but um, a huge play in that in that game against Portland when they come back and ultimately win. So, um, you know, again, we're not used to talking about Giannis as like, you know, part of the defensive. I don't want to say problem, but as being part of the defense being attacked. But it was it was definitely an interesting thing to watch tonight, just to see how Spo was was handling it. And and again, the more Giannis is out there having to defend smaller guys or having to defend guys that are offensive threats, the more he's going to have to be, you know, disciplined about not fouling, but also, you know, finding that fine line between aggression and, and, you know, again, not kind of, um, you know, again, I, I kind of hesitate. I, I feel like he's generally probably like too aggressive far away from the basket sometimes, yeah. <laughs> and, and gets, you know, like Kyle Kuzma did it to him a few times. Like um, guys are able to get creases on him. And, and again, I mean, he's seven foot, 250 pounds. Like, it's hard to defend far from the basket when you're him. So, um, so I don't know. Well, well, something bears monitoring. I, I said, I think I said beginning of before the year, I thought Giannis had a better chance at defensive player of the year than MVP. I'm going to take that back. I think the Bucks <laughs> defense, I, I, I'm hoping the Bucks defense maybe gets to league average and you're not, you know, there's no way Giannis or Brooke or anybody is going to be a defensive player of the year candidate on an, at an average defensive team. So, um, I'm going to go ahead and sell my Giannis defensive player of the year stock, but, um, Hey, who knows? Maybe, maybe that MVP stock feeling a little bit better about that. At least. Hey, if you're selling, I'm going to buy it. Giannis was my <laughs> preseason defensive player of the year prediction. I'm just going to keep rolling with that because why not? But one thing that's interesting to think about too, with this bucks wing rotation is we didn't see Andre Jackson Jr. until the end of the third quarter. We saw A.J. Green get thrown in there a little bit. But like you mentioned, he hasn't been hitting from three like we 
have gotten accustomed to seeing after last season. And if AJ Green's not cashing, then it's kind of like, well, then what do we have him on the court for? When he's not, when he's not hitting, he's Gerber baby, you know. Yeah, like it's, and it's, when he's when he's hitting, he's Pale Ellis. Shout out <laughs> to Dale Ellis. Um, but uh, when tonight, last couple of games, he's just Gerber baby. It's, out it's there. just it hasn't been there. So one thing I was wondering too was looking at the minutes of this particular game is like maybe maybe Griff just rides the starters a little bit more. Like Malik Beasley played thirty eight minutes tonight. He also had ten rebounds. So shout out! To, I want to make sure I shout out Malik for that, but. We might see a thing where if the young guys aren't getting any rotation, big minutes, we might just continue to see the starter minutes uh, creep to a level that we're not necessarily accustomed to seeing here in Milwaukee uh, after the, the Budenholzer years where Bud made sure to try to keep those minutes down as low as he could. And looking at tonight as well, the Bucks bench scored 21 points. They went six deep. Again, Pat Connaughton got injured in the second quarter. But the Bucks or the Heat bench only went three deep, and they were able to drop 33 tonight. So it's something to keep an eye on as well with this Bucks bench and the rotation and how that continues to look going forward, especially since with this win, the Bucks went 4-0 in group play with the end-season tournament. We and buried the lead. We buried the lead, Camille. Hang the banner. Group Listen, champions. I, I think we might have some fun coming up here with this in-season tournament, and I definitely want to dig a little bit deeper into that after I talk a bit more about our good friends over at FanDuel. The weather is getting colder, and if you're in Milwaukee, my goodness, is it cold. It's 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 to the point where I'm like, I feel like we skipped being eased into winter, and we just jumped straight ahead. We went from like 40-degree weather to wind chills and the below the negative, so we're dealing with that, but luckily the NFL offers on FanDuel can keep you nice, hot, and warm. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's 150 bucks if your team wins. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there truly is no better time to get in on the action, especially coming up here on this weekend where our Packers are taking on the, the Chiefs and Sunday night football should be a big one. The FanDuel app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So make sure you visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and continue the NFL season off on the right foot. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right. Like I mentioned, the Bucks have now won their group. Group B has been won in this in-season tournament, which is the first time we've seen something like this with the NBA. And we do know at this point that the Knicks will be coming into town next week for the knockout round in the quarterfinals. We don't know what day yet as of this recording. It could be Monday or it could be Tuesday. That's the part that's really interesting to me as well about the in-season tournament. Like the next week on the schedule, it's just blank. We don't know exactly what day, what times these teams are playing, but we do know it's going to be Knicks at Bucks, and the other Eastern quarterfinal matchup is going to be Celtics at Pacers. So that should be two pretty good games right there. And I'm really hoping for a Boston-Milwaukee semifinal matchup in Vegas. That sounds really fun to me. I've been somebody who's been into the end-season tournament. I'm, I'm here for the NBA, trying new things out, see how it sticks. I was also felt the same way about the play-in tournament, and I'm happy that that's here to stay. So, Frank, how are you feeling about the end-season tournament now, especially when we might have an extra Bucks celtics matchup on the calendar if these two teams can win their next one? 
Well, Camille, I actually want the Bucks to win the NBA Cup, so uh, I don't need them to play the Celtics. Uh, you know, <laughs> again, not not that the Pacers are going to be easy either. I I expect you know TJ McConnell will uh, be uh, reanimated in time to uh, you know score thirty points on you know eighteen foot jumpers uh, all game long if uh, if they were to beat the Celtics, I guess. But <clears throat> um, you know, my, my view on, on the tournament, you know, back, back when Kane and I discussed it over the summer, I mean, there's no downside to it. Like that was kind of my take on, on the tournament coming into it. You know, I think people who are down on the tournament, I think were really only down on it because they just were mad that some other problem wasn't being solved. Like, because it's not a 72 game season that therefore, you know, I'm going to be mad about the in-season tournament. Right. Um, and so I think, you know, again, whether you want to say like, it's, not solving the real fundamental problems the league has that's fine but i think again i also would say like let's not let you know good be the end or perfect be the enemy of good enough or whatever however you want to phrase that you know um so you know it adds intrigue and i think significance um to regular season games which i think is probably the most part most important part um you know there's been a ton of chatter about it i mean i think We'll see what happens with obviously the the knockout games. Uh, that's obviously the most intriguing part of this, right? Like it's not mm-hmm. like the group games should have been that crazy or interesting. But um, again, within the kind of nerd universe that you know, again, sort of I live in from a basketball standpoint. Certainly, um, there's been a ton of talk about it and coverage, and people just trying to figure out you know point differential stuff and you know how stuff you know how all that what all this means. So um, so I mean, yeah, I think it's been on a mostly unqualified success and you know i think i think as well even the, with the floors being weird and stuff like that yeah um i think it's actually been good i mean honestly i don't really even care what the floors look like in general um shout out to our big ass highlighter court in milwaukee uh it's better but, than that red court in miami yeah i know uh yeah these bowser's castle uh courts <laughs> i'm kind of less less a fan of those but uh <laughs> but but I mean, it's it's good in the sense that like you immediately know if it's an in-season tournament game because the courts all look different, right? Mm-hmm. And so, um, so yeah, I think it's actually, you know, I think it's all pretty much worked pretty well. And um, you know, again, to to create interest in November NBA basketball, like that that's not that easy, right? Like, there's a reason that we've often talked about how you know the league doesn't feel like it really gets started until Christmas Day, and I think they've clearly addressed that single issue um and now obviously fingers crossed that we get you know some good games in the elimination rounds and hopefully you know i think it would be awesome to to see you know the bucks play the celtics and you know we'll see what kind of happens out west uh you know too bad that that denver didn't make it you know i think if you're talking about like the very best teams right like denver being eliminated um takes a little bit of the fun out of uh out of the western bracket but you know there's so many good teams at this point that um, yeah, it just adds a, another dimension of, of interest to, to games that, you know, again, would otherwise be just regular season games. So yeah, I'd call it a win and, um, you know, like the bucks, uh, top seed in the, in the, I mean, again, like ironic, of course, given, um, the tenor of sort of the bucks play throughout the season and, um, you know, kind of how I don't, it's not even like so much up and down their, their games have been right. Cause they've mostly won most of their games, but it's more just like, you know, kind of how meh a lot of their play has been and the lack of sort of ability to play complete games. But, uh, you know, to be here, I mean, 
that's that's a good thing. So um, now, fingers crossed, to take care of business against the Knicks and gives themselves <laughs> gives themselves a chance to to win the NBA Cup. Got to get got to get our young guys some hardware, some extra cash, that right. five hundred grand. Um, you know, the Gerber baby uh, needs some needs some food. Uh, and uh, you know, let's see, let's see uh, if uh, we can get Dame some some hardware for the first time in his career too. Absolutely. The Bucks have to play the Bulls and the Hawks first before we get into the week of in-season tournament game. So hopefully take care of business there and then we can get to the Knicks and hopefully get a win there. And then either way it goes, I mean, we lost to the Pacers. We lost to the Celtics. If we can beat the Knicks in the next NBA Cup game, hopefully the Bucks can get some get back in that next game in Vegas. So I'm very much looking forward to continuing to see how that feels how that plays out and I think that once they do get to Vegas the energy is just going to be a little bit different as well Uh, but we'll end the show here today I do want to remind you all again to check out Locked On Sports today 24-7 coverage of the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On plus our national shows that cover every league showing on the channel as well so make sure that you head over to Locked On Sports today on YouTube and subscribe to that as well For Frank and myself, we're going to head out. I'll be back with Justin tomorrow uh, to look ahead a little bit to the Bulls and probably talk some more in-season tournament as well. So we hope you all have a good one. Take care.